Let us bow our heads in prayer. Let your living water flow over our souls. Let your Holy Spirit come and take control of every situation that has troubled our minds. All our cares and burdens unto you, I Father, Jesus, Spirit. I thank you, Lord, for this morning. I thank you, Lord, for the gift of your word that is living water that refreshes our hearts. I thank you for the gift of healing, the gift of, the gift of courage, the gift of grace that we all find in your word. We now ask you, Lord, to come take control and open our hearts to the power of your word. For we do make our prayers through Christ our Lord. Amen. One of the reasons I started with this opening song prayer is the fact that it truly captures the heart of our message this morning in the readings. The kind of the healing grace that God ministers to you and to me in the Word of God this morning. The fact that the Word of God to you and to me is a living water that blossoms even the dry land. The Word of God is that power that makes even the wilderness to blossom. And that's the message that all the readings want us to hold on to this morning. The message of hope. A message of healing. A message of restoration in Christ Jesus. Even if you didn't hear any other thing I've said this morning, this is sufficient. I want you to remember that for us as Catholics, especially in our biblical theology, when we interpret prophecies or we try to interpret miracles, we often interpret them in terms of the present. In fact, let me read exactly how Pope Benedict puts it in one of his writings. According to Pope Benedict, prophecy in the biblical sense does not mean to predict the future, but to explain the will of God for the present. And therefore, show the right path to take for the future. And I think this is a beautiful summary of the Catholic sense of prophecy and miracles. And so prophecy is not just some attempt to decide, all right, this is what is going to happen in 2020. 
It is really about now. And the miracles of Jesus is not some kind of story that happened 2,000 years ago. It is really about now, as you listen, that the power of a new Epheta can be yours this morning, even as you listen. That's our faith. And so what I call upon us this morning is to continue to pray and ask for that grace for a new Epheta, a new opening, a new heart, a new spirit, a new sense of hearing, a new sense of righteousness in the power and in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. But it's not something we can do just by our will or by our strength alone. So what I've decided to do for the next one minute or two is to now take a closer reading of the gospel. And I would like to identify three critical spiritual guidelines to experiencing this new effector. Three things that has happened in the gospel that I think each of us can hold firmly in our spiritual lives, and believe me, you will get to that effeta. Number one, aloneness with God. Number two, union with Christ. And number three, voila, the new effeta. So let's talk a little bit about aloneness with God. Being alone with Christ. I'd like you to notice what happened in the gospel when they brought this man to Jesus and they said, look, he doesn't speak, he hears nothing, he is mute, he is dumb. And what does Jesus do? He pulls him away from the crowd, takes him away from the maddening crowd, takes him away from the noise of the culture, takes him away from the noise even sometimes in society, alone with him. Just Christ and the man alone. That is the sense of being alone with God. It is the sense of a personal encounter with Christ Jesus in your life today. Being alone with God is a contemplative experience that helps us to put our brokenness in perspective. This is the kind of experience that enables you and me to put even the brokenness of the church in perspective. But more importantly, when we are alone with God, when Jesus pulls you out of the noise in the culture, it is a time to reboot. You know, sometimes your computer will tell you, all right, can you restart? Is just wanting to rebuild, to be able to update. Pulling away is not running away. It's just trying to be more perfect. And when your computer is restarting and rebuilding, that's precisely what being alone with God means. That when Jesus pulls the man away from the crowd, 
it is for him to be able to have a new beginning. And so the first guideline for us we take out of the gospel is that this is the time that we need to rededicate ourselves to a personal and deeper encounter with Christ Jesus. Number two, union with God. Now, mind you that being alone with somebody is not the same as being together with that person. It's just like sometimes when I go out to eat all by myself and I sit there doing whatever I want to do, and then I kind of take a look at what is going on in the dining. Sometimes you see people, two friends or a couple sitting somewhere there, and each of them are all into their cell phone and they're all doing whatever they are doing. And I say, well, that's nice. They are eating out alone with each other, but they are not exactly together. And so it's not enough to be alone with God, but it's even more important to be in union with God. And that's the next stage of our spiritual experience. And this is the time and that is the point that Jesus empties himself into you and empties himself into me. Notice what happens in the gospel. Jesus put his hand in the ears of the deaf man, touched his mouth, put his saliva into the man's person, and that is the recreating force, the regenerating force of God, so that in that communion with Christ, the man is made anew. When we allow Christ, especially in the Eucharist, especially in the sacraments, to come into us, to plug into us, to have a communion with us, we begin to experience something different. And then comes the new ephator, the new opening. What is exactly this new opening? This is the opening of the heart, the opening of the mind, the opening of the soul. This is the kind of opening that all of us as individual members of Christ and as the body of Christ need in our world today. This is the kind of opening, like St. James will tell us, that makes us aware of the things that divide us in our world. The discriminations, the acrimonies, the finger-pointing, and all the things that divide us at the body of Christ and sometimes divide us as a culture and as a society. And so in Christ Jesus, the new ephator is the opening of your heart to the righteousness that comes from God. The new ephator is the opening of our souls to the power and the grace that comes from God and from God alone. So let me summarize. You want something new this morning? How have you been feeling in the last three or four weeks? You felt disappointed? You felt betrayed? 
Sometimes you feel ashamed. In the last week, some of my colleagues are like, what's going on in your church? Hey, professor, what's going on in your church? And you feel beaten and broken. You feel disheartened. But I got word for you today. Can somebody say amen? amen? The word of God recreates. The word of God renews. And that's the prophecy of Isaiah. That when that living water comes, when that Holy Spirit takes control, he makes it all anew. He makes your heart new again, and he makes my heart new again. But we do need three things. Aloneness with God, union with Christ, and a new effeta. Let us bow our heads and pray. Let your living water flow over our souls. Let your Holy Spirit come and take control of every situation that has troubled our minds. All our cares and burdens unto you. I...